Welcome back to the Arbitrary Cast. Today we're going to be reading Hobo Heart Stitches by Chris Oz Felton. It was a winter afternoon. Like most winter afternoons, it was overcast, cloudy with a bit of rain. The wind blew and the leaves rustled on the sidewalk as Cece and her friend Elizabeth walked home from school. It was nice walking this way with you for a chance, Cece said as the two strolled along. Elizabeth smiled. Thanks for joining me this way. I can't believe Brittany didn't show it again today. She didn't call or anything. Cece rolled her eyes. She probably skipped and went to the lake with Glenn. Elizabeth laughed. You're probably right. All right, well, I'll see you tomorrow. The two parted ways, and Cece continued. She had just a few more blocks till she was home. As she walked along... She saw a small, scruffy dog pawing at something in the gutter. Hey, little guy, watch it after. She crouched down and saw a bone sticking in a crack. Cece pried it loose, and the dog snatched it up and darted away towards the alley. The girl followed. Hey, don't I at least get to pet you? When he, she turned the corner, she saw the dog chewing on the bone at the feet of a boy sitting on a milk crate. He was wearing a gray hoodie and dirty jeans. He was tall and lanky with white hair, crystal blue eyes, and a skull painted on his face. Well, hello, Cece said, a little surprised. Is he your dog? The boy looked at Cece with a puzzled expression. Yes. Cece smiled. Can I pet him? Still confused, the boy looked at Cece closely. Sure. Are you not sad? Cece giggled as she pet the dog. Why would I be sad? I don't know. Everyone I meet is sad, replied the boy. Cece frowned. Well, that's horrible. Maybe if you didn't have the skull on your face, people would be in a better mood around you. It's a little late for Halloween, you know? The boy shrugged. I can't help it. It's a part of me. I've never met anyone that's been happy before. Cece turned to look at the boy's face so she could inspect the skull. She reached out and placed a timid hand upon his cheek. She attempted to smear what she had thought to be paint, but realized that it was his skin. She quickly dismissed the skull when her eyes met his. They were bright blue and appeared to illuminate at certain angles. She became disoriented and had to shake her head to clear her thoughts. She fumbled and stuttered for her words. You, your eyes, um, name? Yeah, what's your name? The boy smiled. I don't think I have a name. I'm a, a gumberling. A what? She replied. A gumberling. I was created to serve a purpose, replied the boy. What purpose? Cece replied with a puzzled look. I don't think you'd want to know, he said as his eyes seemed to dim. Um, okay, so what do people call you? Cece asked, becoming more confused. The only person who has ever called me anything was my creator, and he only calls me Gimberling, he said with hesitation. That makes me sad. You need a name, Cece said before being interrupted by the boy. No! 
as he reached out and grabbed her arms. Never be sad. My heart couldn't take it. Cece was startled. Why couldn't your heart take it? You just met me. You're special. Your heart is special. My heart has no place to call home, and you have made it feel something. It's never felt anything before, said the boy. Hobo heart, Cece said with a smile. Huh? The boy asked in confusion. That's your name. The boy whose heart has never, has no home. Hobo heart, Cece explained. And now that you have a name and I can be your friend. And the boy smiled. Yes, yes, I like it. My name, Hobo Heart. Okay, well, I have to go home now. You'll be here tomorrow so I can see you, right? Asked Cece. Yes, of course, said Hobo Heart with a smile. Cece continued her walk home, but not before looking over her shoulder one last time to inspect the mysterious boy. The next day, Cece came to the alley to see Hobo. When she rounded the corner, he was sitting there on the milk crate. He looked up and saw her, and his heart began to quicken. You actually came back, he asked with a smile. Well, of course I did, silly. Now let's go do something besides sit in this alley, Cece said as she blushed. What could we do? asked Hobo. Well, I don't know. Anything is better than sitting here, Cece said, pulling at Hobo's sleeve. I know. Let's go to the park. Hobo followed. Will there be people there? I'm sure, Cece said, laughing. Hobo followed reluctantly as he pulled uh, his hoodie closer to his face. The scruffy dog picked up a bone and chased after them. When the two arrived at the park, it was full of people running about, playing football, throwing frisbees, and playing on the equipment. The two walked over to the swings. So what's your story? Cece asked. I don't have a story. I have a purpose. It's all I know, Hobo answered. Well, what is this purpose you keep mentioning? Cece cried. Hobo looked at the ground and kicked a rock. I have duties I take care of to prevent something bad from happening. What do you mean, Cece asked. Hobo shook his head. I don't want to talk about it. As the two talked, Cece looked up and noticed most of the people had left the park. It was very quiet. The people that were still there were by themselves. Hobo looked around. I need to get going. Wait, do I get to see you tomorrow? Cece asked. No, Hobo said. There's something I need to do. Okay, how about the next day? She smiled as she asked. Hobo reached out and touched her blonde hair. If that's what you'd like. She took his hand and touched it to her face. It is. The two days passed, and just as he had said he'd meet with her, they decided to go for a walk to a nearby lake. The two spent several days like this, just talking, laughing, and enjoying being in one another's company. Time seemed to slip away as the two grew closer together. One day after school, 
when she had arrived at their usual meeting place, Hobo revealed he had a surprise for her. He held his hand out, and she took it. Hey, wait, before we go, I want to give this to you, Cece asked, said as she reached into her pocket. Valentine's Day is coming up, and I was wondering if you'd be my valentine. She handed Hobo a small envelope. What is a valentine, Hobo asked as he opened the envelope. It was a hand-drawn picture of two hearts intertwined with the words be mine above the drawing. And if you value your heart, you, you'll give it to me, written below. A valentine is someone you care for and would be willing to give your heart to because you know you'll protect it and you f care for it, she explained. So on Valentine's Day, you want me to give you my heart? Hobo asked. Cece smiled. Well, only if you want to, you know. Deal, Hobo said as he hugged Cece. Now let's get going. You're going to love this. The two headed toward the country near the outskirts of town, and the small dog followed as always wagging its tail. After walking away in the woods, Hobo made Cece close her eyes. He took her hands and led the way for a few minutes and stopped. Okay, look, he said with joy. When he op she opened her eyes, she saw before her a massive tree on a hill. It was very old, and its many branches twisted and curved in a dozen different directions. The leaves were bush and bright, unlike all the trees surrounding it. The trunk was nearly 15 feet in diameter, and it was unlike any tree she had ever seen. The roots were more exposed than normal trees. They seemed to come from different points in the ground, almost like the tree was composed of several different trees whose roots were grown toward together and had become entangled and formed one massive tree. It's so beautiful. It seems very special, almost magical, Cece said in wonderment as she gazed at the tree. Cece stepped closer to Hobo. She lifted his hood off his head and ran his, her fingers through his hair. His eyes widened as she moved in closer to kiss him. He pulled away. What's wrong? Haven't you ever kissed a girl before? Cece asked as she smiled. No, Hobo replied. Can I be your first? She asked. Hobo nodded his head yes. She moved closer. Hobo embraced her and she kissed him. After the kiss, Hobo gathered himself and pointed to the tree. This is my purpose, to bring nourishment to the tree. As Hobo spoke, the scruffy dog ran towards the tree and disappeared into its extravagant root system. Your purpose? She asked with a puzzled look. Yes, I live here and take care of this tree, Hobo replied. Then why are you always in the alley, Cece asked. I wait there to gather what the tree requires, Hobo said sharply. So you actually live in the tree, she inquired. Yes, he answered. I want to see your home she said, walking closer to the tree. Hobo shook his head. No, not yet. You're not ready for that. Can I touch the tree? Cece asked with an inquisitive tone as she reached her hand out. Hobo turned to her with a scowl and gathered her 
grabbed her hand away from the tree. No, you must not touch it. You are not prepared for what it will show you. Cece became nervous. Well, it's getting dark, and I should be heading home soon. The hobo took her hand. Very well. I'll walk you back to town. As the two approached the small town, they met a group of people who were walking on the edge of the woods with flashlights. The group neared the couple. Cece, is that you? A voice called out. Yes, Cece replied. It's Elizabeth. Where the hell have you been? Cece's friend asked frantically. Cece stumbled for her words as Hobo backed out of the light and into the shadows. I, I've been with my friend. I've, you've been avoiding us at school and too preoccupied to speak to your friends. Do you realize that Brittany has been missing for weeks and now Glenn's gone missing too? Elizabeth shouted. What, are you serious? What do you mean they're missing? She looked in the trees and shadows and couldn't see Hobo. Her head became heavy and she could barely stand as she reached out for her friend to hold her up before she fell. Come on, you can stay at my house tonight, Elizabeth said. Yeah, okay, Cece replied. The two spent the next day catching up and posting fires to help in the search for Brittany and Glenn. As they returned to Elizabeth's house in the afternoon, Cece became dizzy and ill again. I think I'm going to lie down for a while, if that's okay, Cece asked, said as her head spun. Yeah, sure. Crash in my room, Elizabeth said. Hey, don't let me sleep too long. I need to go into town and meet someone, Cece said, as she headed upstairs. Yeah, yeah, lover boy, I'm sure, Elizabeth said as she rolled her eyes. Later, Cece woke up in a cold sweat. She frantically looked outside. It was nighttime. Oh no, 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 no. She got up and ran into Elizabeth's living room. Elizabeth was lying on the couch asleep. Cece shook Elizabeth. Hey, wake up. What time is it? Hey, chill out. I don't know. Look at my phone, Elizabeth said, half asleep. Cece fumbled around in the dark to find her phone. It was 11.34. Oh no, I need to go find him, Cece said, starting to tremble. Hey, look, whoever this guy is, he's not good for you. You've been slacking at school when you're there. Your parents are worried. Only God knows what's happening to Brittany and Glenn, and you don't even care. You've totally lost yourself before uh, uh, on some guy. Sp spend a little time away from him and see how you feel, Elizabeth said. Cece hung her head. Yeah, I guess you're right. Guess I got a little carried away. As the days passed, Cece attended school and hung out with her friends. Elizabeth repeatedly bugged her away about a boy named Jim that had a crush on her. Cece finally gave in and said she would go on a date with Jim if Elizabeth and her boyfriend joined them. The day of the date came. She met with her friends at a local restaurant. Jim seemed nice enough, kind of a jock, and a little more aggressive than guys she had gone out on dates with before. 
things went well enough, then they went outside to leave Jim offered to give her a ride home. She didn't feel comfortable with it and asked Elizabeth and her boyfriend, Mike, to give her a ride home. The next day at school, Cece opened her locker and a piece of paper fell out. She picked it up and looked at it. It was the Valentine's Day she had made for Hobo. When she touched it, flashes of Hobo and memories of the time they spent with him ran through her mind. She started to panic and her palms began became sweaty. She looked around frantically. How did it get there, she wondered. Right then, Elizabeth walked up. Hey, you okay? Elizabeth asked. You look like you've seen a ghost. Yeah, I just need to get a loose a little. I'm stressing, Cece said as she rubbed her forehead. Over that guy, Elizabeth asked. You need to quit worrying about that guy. He seems a little creepy anyway. It's Friday night and your parents are out of town. I bet Mike can get some booze and we can invite Jim over. How does that sound? Cece giggled and nodded her head. Let's do it. Later that night, the four met at Elizabeth's house. Her parents left some cash for pizza. They had a few beers and Mike suggested a game of truth or dare. The beer or two later, Cece had loosened up and when she was dared to make out with Jim, it didn't seem like such a bad idea. Jim led her upstairs where they started making out on Elizabeth's bed. As Jim ran his hand up Cece's skirt, a dog began barking outside. Jesus Christ, what's with Elizabeth's damn dog? Jim sighed. Elizabeth doesn't have a dog, Cece replied as she peered out the window. A chill ran up her spine as she saw the little scruffy dog that always accompanied Hobo jumping about and barking. Cece ran downstairs and opened the door. She walked out around the side of the house and the dog was gone. She scanned the yard and street and saw nothing. She went back inside and told Elizabeth she needed to call it a night. Oh, come on, stay a little while longer, Jim begged. No, I need to get going, Cece said. All right, need me to give you a ride home, Jim offered. Yeah, you okay to drive, she asked. Yeah, I'm fine. I do it all the time, Jim replied with a cocky smile. All right then, let's go, Cece shrugged. On the drive home, Jim was paying more attention to Cece than the road. He grabbed at her thigh. Keep your eyes on the road, she yelled as she pulled his hand away. Jim looked back at the road just in time to swerve and miss a parked car. Shaken, Cece said, that's it. Pull it over. I'll walk the rest of the way home. Jim locked the brakes. Fine. Be a bitch about it. Cece got out of the car and slammed the door. What an asshole. Jim spent, sped off as she began to walk the rest of the way home. She pulled her jacket closer to, as the cold night air nipped at her cheeks. A few houses from home, she heard rustling of leaves behind her. She quickened her pace. She looked over her shoulder. Maybe she'd been watching too many scary movies, but it felt like someone was watching her. She reached home and quickly 
They unlocked the door and slipped inside. Breathing heavily, she locked the door behind her. She felt a hand brush across her shoulder. Everything okay, honey? Her dad asked as she jumped. Yeah, dad. Just a long night. I'm off to bed, she said as she shook her head. The next morning, Cece was awakened by Elizabeth flopping down on her bed. Happy Valentine's Day, she said annoyingly. Cece pecked out from beneath her blanket. What time is it? Time to get your ass up. We were going shopping. We have to get outfits for tonight. We're going to the movies with the guys, Elizabeth shouted. I'm not going if Jim is going to be there. He almost got us killed last night. I don't want to be any be around him, Cece said. Oh, stop. He was just drunk. Get over it, Elizabeth pleaded. The girls got to the mall. As they went from store to store, Elizabeth started to notice how melancholy everyone seemed. Shouldn't everyone be in a better mood? It's Valentine's Day. Jeez, Elizabeth said, looking around her. Yeah, I noticed that too, Cece said as she scanned the crowd. The two finished their shopping and headed to the parking garage. Elizabeth opened the trunk and placed their bags inside as she carried on about the plans for tonight. Mid-sentence, Elizabeth stopped talking. Cece asked her what was wrong and turned to look at her. Elizabeth sh stood still, staring at the ground as she began to sob. Hey, what's wrong? Cece asked as she grabbed her hand. Elizabeth's hands felt cold and her eyes were fixed on the ground. She was completely unresponsive. She just stood there sobbing. Just then, Cece felt something touch her leg. She looked down and saw a small, fluff, scruffy dog with a bone in its teeth. She quickly looked up and saw Hobo was standing there. Have you been following me? she asked. I sent him to watch over you. Hobo nodded towards the dog. I don't need to be watched over. What's wrong with Elizabeth? Are you doing this to her? Cece said, becoming irritated. I didn't mean to. I told you everyone is sad, Hobo said as he, his shoulders shrunk. You need to go, Cece shouted as she pushed Hobo away. It's your Valentine's Day. I thought I was going to give you my heart, Hobo asked. No, not anymore. You're not like me. You can't be with me. You need to go, Cece implored as she began to cry. Hobo turned and walked away. The dog followed. As the pair exited out of sight, Cece noticed the dog had left its bone. Upon clearer inspection, the bone appeared to have fresh blood on it. As Cece knelt down to get a closer look, Elizabeth startled her. What the hell is that? Are you ready to go or what? Cece stood up and examined Elizabeth's face. Are you okay? Yeah, why wouldn't I be okay? Elizabeth asked as she chuckled and closed the trunk. Let's go. Yeah, okay. Cece got into the car and glanced around one last time. Later that night, the girls arrived at the movie theater to catch the movie with Jim and 
might as the girls pulled in cc saw the guy standing next to jim's car as cc exited the car jim placed his hand on her shoulder you okay i'm sorry about last night i shouldn't have been driving it was stupid cc nodded her head well at least he apologized she thought to herself the group went to see some cheesy horror movie she sat with jim he was being a creep and kept trying to make out she repeatedly denied his advances after the movie ended elizabeth and mike walked over to cc and jim hey jim can you give cc a ride home we've got other plans and not enough room in the car elizabeth winked hey guys no i can't i just ride with you and you can drop me off at my place cc pleaded nope jim's a big boy and can handle you elizabeth skipped off Jim chuckled. Hey, come on. I'm not so bad. Cece rolled her eyes. Please just take me home. Jim opened the car door. Ladies first. Cece reluctantly got in the car. She didn't talk much as they traveled along. She noticed that they missed her turn. Jim had driven them to the park near Cece's neighborhood. He parked the car and turned off the lights. I don't know what you think you're doing, but you need to take me home, Cece said in disgust. Oh, come on. Just one kiss. You didn't have a problem with it the other night, Jim said with a sinister grin. As he leaned in near her, Cece slapped him in the face and got out of the car and started to run. He chased after her. He caught up to her and tackled her. She started to scream. Jim struck her repeatedly and told her to shut up. Her lip and nose started to bleed. He then ripped her her shirt and pawed and groped at her body. She closed her eyes in terror as she frequently tried to fight him off. She heard a loud crack. Jim had stopped. She opened her eyes and saw Jim lying on the ground and a tall, lanky figure standing over her. She took his hood off and put it on her. Her vision was blurry, eyes swollen from being hit. His skin was a dark gray, almost black, and he had a skeleton style on his arms and chest to match the skull on his face. It was Hobo. He knelt down next to her. She couldn't see clearly what he was doing, but she could hear ripping and tearing of flesh and the horrible sound of blood splattering. She pulled herself to her knees and called out, Hobo. He reached out and handed her something. She took it. She then realized it was his still beating heart pulsating in her hands. She looked up at him. He placed his hand in her either sides of her face tilting her head up and said i value my heart you can keep it i don't need it anymore and kissed her on the forehead she passed out cc woke up in be her bed she got up and went to her mirror she had no injuries she looked herself over and could see no damage from the night before what had happened was she dreaming she walked downstairs her mother was cooking breakfast and her father was reading the paper mom dad she asked 
her dad looked over. Hey, you. How was last night? What do you mean? Cece asked. Well, Elizabeth's mom called this morning. Apparently, she didn't make it home last night after she dropped you off. And we saw on the news that some more kids were missing. Don't know if you knew anything about it. We figured it was just kids being kids. You don't know anything, do you? He asked, looking up from his paper. Uh, no, Cece replied. Cece's heart sank. She ran upstairs and started looking through her room, in her closet, in her drawers. She sat down on her bed. Then she heard it. Thump, thump. Thump, thump. She looked under her bed. There was Hobo's hoodie. She pulled it from underneath her bed and unfolded it. Inside was Hobo's heart, still beating. Oh no, she thought. Hobo, what has happened? I need to find him. She folded the hoodie back up, putting on some shoes. She ran downstairs. She told her parents she was going to check on Elizabeth and she'd be home soon. Carrying the hoodie, she ran across town out towards the woods. The wind picked up and it started to rain. She got near the spot where Hobo had made her close her eyes. She began to call out for him, Hobo, Hobo. It was raining so hard. She looked all around. She saw Hobo's dog running through the woods. She called out to him. She looked up and saw her and darted over and began licking her. He was covered in blood. She fell on her knees. Oh no, Hobo's hurt. Take me to him. The scruffy dog jumped and twirled around. Cece got to her feet and followed the little dog to the tree. The tree was no longer vibrant and full of color. It was black and looked like it was dying. All the leaves had fallen off and the limbs were lifeless and low-hanging. The dog went around the back of the hill. Cece could see an opening. She ducked down and started to walk in. She stumbled and reached out to grab the roots to break her fall. When she touched the tree, her heart was filled with great sorrow. She saw flashes in her mind of faces upon faces of lifeless people, dead people. The six faces appeared horrible faces, twisted and demonic. She managed to get back to her knees and crawl into the hole. It was a circular room. It was dimly lit by six braziers. The flames in the braziers were black and purple, unlike any fi fire Cece had seen before. There were bones strung out across the ground. The ground itself was pooled with blood. She f frantically looked around and saw Brittany, Glenn, Jim, Elizabeth, and Mike entangled in the roots. She screamed and ran towards her friends, but when she approached, she retched as she realized it was far too late. It was like the roots had come to life and were squeezing the bodies, bones crackling and breaking. Their inner innards were spiraling outwards. The small dog was ripping at an opening in Elizabeth's chest. He pulled a bone loose and began to shake it about like a toy as he bounced across the room. Long, stringy 
roots hung down above each of Cece's friends. Their hearts had been removed and now hung above them, intertwined in the roots. It looked like the tree was almost feeding off the hearts, absorbing the life of each soul into the tree. There was a sixth cluster of roots with no body and no heart. Next to the empty cluster of roots lay Hobo. He lay lifeless and still. Cece crawled through the horrors and cringed to get to him. She rolled him over. His chest was torn open and there was a gaping wound where he had removed his heart. His eyes fluttered open and met hers. He blinked when then his eyes got wider. Why? he asked. Cece began to cry. Why what? Why did you kill my friends? How could you do this? You're a monster, she screamed. Hobo struggled for life. I saved you, protected you from these people. I told you not to touch the tree. You were special. You shouldn't have brought my heart here. I failed my purpose. Cece pounded at Hobo's chest. What purpose? Murdering people? Destroying lives? Cryptid chanting in a foreign language began echoing from the walls. Pawimptus, Pemwenta, let us see. The voice is called repeatedly. Hobo cleared his throat as he clung to life. Must keep the six here. With six hearts, only six gathered. Saved you. Didn't get six. Too late. Cece grabbed the hoodie. Use your heart. Give them your heart. She unwrapped the hoodie. Hobo's heart was barely beating. It was black and dying. Hobo looked at his heart and his rage began to build. He looked into Cece's eyes. I valued it, so I gave it to you. You were supposed to protect it. Now you wish to destroy it? Cece began became enraged. You murdered my friends. Hobo's arms shot up and palmed Cece's chest, his fingers and thumbs penetrating her skin. Do you value your heart? He demanded. He squeezed his hands into a fist, ripping her shirt and flesh from her body. She fell to the ground, gasping for air. The chanting grew louder as Hobo rose to his feet. He arched his back, and a large black feathered wings extended from his body, his eyes glowing fiercely. He used his fists to crush Cece's chest as he struck her repeatedly. He then grabbed a protruding rib bone and ripped it from her body, exposing her chest cavity. She lay motionless as he reached into a inside of her and removed her heart. The roots from the ceiling extended to receive the heart. Hobo looked up to the roots, then back down at Cece. No, he then placed Cece's heart into the opening of his chest. He found a small sliver of bone from the ground and took hair from Cece's head and began to sew himself back together. The small blood-soaked dog whimpered at his side as he forced the crude bone in and out of his flesh. Don't worry, it'll do for now, though it won't last. It will be need to be replaced. 
when he was done, he patted the dog on the head, walked over, and picked up his heart and placed it in Cece's chest. You can keep it. I don't need it anymore. He knelt down and kissed her on the forehead one last time. As he stood up, he noticed something laying on the ground beside her. It was a valentine she had made for him. He picked it up and held it to his chest, then placed it in his back pocket. Hobo then turned the six brazars over and set the whole room ablaze. The room was quickly engulfed in flame. The fire turned initially fast as the purple and black flames reached high, higher. First, a moment, Hobo exited the opening in the hill. As he walked away, six skeleton figures composed of black smoke crawled up out of the roots and flames, screeching and screaming as they crawled. At least we are free, Hobo grinned as he walked away from the tree, burning fiercely despite the rain.